Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey guys, welcome to the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. The show is presented by Scent Crusher, scentcrusher.com. In our opinion, they are the leader in scent elimination. Crush all the scent. It's uh, ozone technology. It's science. Everybody calm down. Does it work? Does it not work? Of course it works. You just got to try it. Facts. Go there. You can get the gear bag. You can get the closet. Basically everything you need in every aspect on your way to the hunt and even during the hunt with the sprays and the soaps and all that good stuff that got you covered. Don't don't stink in the tree, man. Number one, man. Big bucks go down wind. This is, uh, this is day one shit. Yeah. Sincrusher.com. Check them out. Uh, the podcast is also brought to you by HHA Sports. Uh, single pin sights is what they are known for now. Also known for the Virtus Rest. Uh, it's the one of the top drop away rests now. Um, Love it. You know, yep. try a single pin sight if you're scared. It's uh, it, all the cool kids are doing it. I mean, do yeah, they really gotta, just do it. Yeah, just try it's like it. A, I've out. said before, if you shoot a multi pin sight, it's like a grown men who wear tidy whities. It's like, mm, you know, it's not wrong, but. You know, join the club. It's questionable. I don't really like that it is questionable. there, but uh, <laughs> it's questionable. It's kind of offensive and a little degrading to our uh, tidy whitey wearing listeners. Um, <laughs> try it. You like it. I'm saying there's just everything. Keeps you all contained. You with know all know three pins. It, just, try it gets else. bunched up. You know, you want one pin. What trying to say? Just try one something pin, different. Dude, you know? one pin, you know, clears everything up. When you got those three pins, the tidy whitey, everything's just bunched up. It's just too tight. Relax. One pin is all you need. I see what you're going for, but it was a mess. Yeah. Well, it's because I did not put my single pin on it. This episode and the show is also brought to you by Elite Archery. Uh, We are super proud to be a part of that Elite family. We are shooting the rituals, the working class bowhunter edition rituals. We'll get into that a little more in this episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Ritual 30 is out uh, for the guys who like a more compact bow. Uh, So that's awesome. If you're looking to get into Elite and into that elite family, but you don't want to really dive right into the flagship bow. Maybe this is your your first like premium bow. You can check out the enlist. That's a great entry into all of this. Um, that has been taken over to Africa, which we'll get into a little bit, and has killed 
big game over in Africa. Larry McCoy did it, so it's not any lesser of a bow. It's I think not. price points um, have a have an impact on what people think a bow is capable of, um, and it doesn't. It's just nope. a different price point bow, a different style of riser, but it's just as powerful as anything else on the market um, at a price point for the working class. So you can't you can't be mad at that. Uh, you can check out all the elite bows in action on Respect the Game TV and the Virtue TV. Uh, on Sportsman and Carbon TV. Um, also brought to you by uh, Victory Archery. We are all shooting the uh, Rip TKO Gamers, uh, the arrows, um, awesome arrows. People have been asking about arrows but like mid-season, which is weird. <laughs> well, hey, didn't we've been doing work with them. Oh, yeah, they've been put to work pretty did good. You, but did you make a change on arrows last season? Yeah, switch yeah, last and, year mid-season to these arrows. Yeah, so they're probably having the same season here like – you know, shit just ain't... That's a good point, man. You know, sometimes yeah. shit ain't working. And, you know, with arrows, it's relatively easy. I mean, if you've got at least an afternoon to burn, you can really sight in a bow. I mean, it's it's one of those, yeah. uh, you know, are you really going to trust it? But, hey, man, if you're familiar enough with your equipment, you know, making a change and dialing it back in shouldn't be an issue. Right. Yep. Also, ep- this episode is brought to you by Combination Creative. If you're looking to boost your brand, uh, get some video work done, any type of marketing, social media, website work, anything, check out CombinationCreative.com. And the episode is also brought to you by Full Range Hanging Systems, because I just full-blown went through my living room and rearranged <laughs> everything. I'm getting some deer mounts back. Uh, shout out Loker Taxidermy. But check out Full Range Hanging Systems. If you have a small house like mine and a lot of deer heads to hang, you can pretty much double your space of what you can put on a small wall. You can get the double system, and you can really pile it on. So hopefully your wife is cool and lets you do that, or husband. That's cool. You might have a sissy of a husband who's scared of your heads. (laughs) Um, A sissy of a husband. I I didn't want to say the P word, man. Okay. So don't judge me, okay? Being nice. Good for you, Kurt. Thank you. you. Thank you, Cameron. Thank you. Let's get on with the episode. I'm Chase Rolson with Rubline Marketing. This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Pitt. Hey everybody, it's John Dudley from Knock On TV. Hey guys, this is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Hi, I'm Taylor Drury from Drury Outdoors. Hey, this is Nick Munson from Bow Collector. Hey, this is Melissa Buckman. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. You're listening to the Working Class Bow Hunter. That's right. This is the podcast for Billy Joe Lunchbucket, the working man, just like me and you. My name's Travis T. Bone Turner from the Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in. Nobody pushes the envelope like Working Class Bow Hunter. Hey, this is Jules McQueen, and you are listening to the Working Class Bow Hunter podcast. It's really, really not that good. Good, 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 good. It is episode number 259 of the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. We are right here at 1600 Buckslayer Place, the beautiful Bucketorium, lovely Sherrard, Illinois, zip code... Hmm. I don't know why I haven't ever figured this out, but I, I don't am know Steve. why you bring up the zip code. Yeah. Because, dude, people sometimes when they're looking for places, you have to put a zip code in first. You know, you're looking for a car or a Tinder date, you got to put your zip code in to find places. So, true. true. That's just how I relate things. But I am Steve. Uh, terrible. In man. the studio is Kurt. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the show. I'm sorry for him. 
Doug? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> what, dude? And then Tank Intern Tank. How's it going? What's up? What's up, dude? Why'd you, you're you're good are for you like very few things. <laughs> Which are? I can't think of any right now. Oof, that few, huh? You brought Keystone to the podcast. Yeah. Yep. That was disappointing. You could at least brought Natty Light and been a classy human being. Yeah, Dude, you, you cannot find Natty Light at gas station. Have some respect for yourself. You cannot your find place. Natty I, Light at gas station. I don't know if I want to hear you say that ever again, You shot Kurt. one buck and then started drinking <laughs> Keystone. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea, dude. Life went off the rails. No idea. You got a veteran shout-out, man. I do, man. That's one thing you do, like, pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Pretty good. Even then, it could be done better for our, our proud heroes of America. <laughs> Thanks for making me feel bad. Uh, <laughs> so the uh, the vet shout out this week is uh, is uh, going to be Brian Metzger, uh, senior. Uh, it was sent from Adrian Metzger. This guy was in the Navy. Um, the additional info is going to be the USS. Uh, oh boy, Tetanol. T-A-T-T-A-N-A-L, Guided Missile Destroyer in Desert Storm. So the guy served over uh, over their uh, early 90s. So, Brian, thank you for your service to this country, man. We really appreciate it. Everything that you've done, you know, you guys uh, went out there and fought for freedom. And we certainly appreciate uh, all the freedom that, uh, that everybody who joins the military helps to, you know, keep going. So it's a great thing. Thank you for your service. Pretty and I love being able to just do whatever I want. Because we don't have a tyrannical ruler, it's Thank the shit. You for your service, man. <laughs> it is the Thank shit, man. I don't, you know. I think everybody likes to tiptoe around. It's like, yeah, thank God we got these guys out there that are willing to do stuff, so we can keep doing dumb shit. It's awesome, man. The and choppiest I love it. veteran shout out you've ever done. I appreciate that veteran more than anything else right now. I do, dude. Because they, I just we appreciate you. Thank you for your service, Steve. You did a great job, man. Oh come on, you're killing it. <laughs> Crushing. You are just you're you're on top of it. You're are you being great. facetious right now. I couldn't be more proud of you, man. Firing on all cylinders. Right now, I just I'm just like, man, Steve's really motivated, man. He's really getting after it. Thanks, Daddy. Don't uh, Steven. <laughs> Stefan. Stop it. Let's Stop. cut into the show. Jeff Southall is joining us on to, on today's show. Um Jeff is... He's familiar with us, by the way, so this yeah. is going to be a shock to yeah. anybody. Everyone's like, oh, God, what's this guy getting into? Jeff is a miracle worker oh, in, God, in many is, yeah. ways, and we were going to talk about all that and uh, many other things. I'm worried about where Steve's going to take this episode because you and Jeff talk a lot. <laughs> yeah, um, we're we're uh, Xbox Live Gamer buddies. So this is going to get crazy. Uh -oh. um, so let's get Jeff on, and we'll just cut right into the goods. All right, on the phone with us, we have uh, my personal good uh, Xbox Live buddy, Jeff Southall from uh, the Outdoor Group. Jeff, how you doing? Very good. How are you guys doing today? Good. Good. Thanks for coming on the show, man. It's uh, We're well overdue. I know. It's been a long time. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a crazy process. So uh, for those of you who don't know, um, Jeff, uh, well, you, tell, tell the people what you do, who you are and what you do, and then we'll get into how we met you because it's a... It's a funny story, and it involves me, you, and Kurt in a funny text thread. Oh, yeah, the story. <laughs> the prank. Oh, yeah, the, the story, exactly. <laughs> yep. Uh, well, I've been with the outdoor group here in uh, upstate New York for about four years now, and uh, I'm a graphic designer there, and I have a team with me of uh, Brittany, who's another graphic designer, uh, Katie Darcy, who's our social media person, Sweetheart. Uh, jo Joe and Matt, and they're, they're our web guys, so we make up our own team there. But I do the graphics for the outdoor group, which consists of uh, elite bows, uh, CB sights, and other equipment. Uh, Scott releases, Camex crossbows, solid broadheads, slick trick, 
Dual Game Calls, Lynch Mob, and Winner's Choice. So we have a lot of brands. Yeah, you're busy then. Very busy, yeah. We do all the graphics for everything. So we do like, uh, mm-hmm. we'll do trade shows, we'll do advertisements, um, basically anything visual the company needs. We do a lot of, uh, a lot of packaging, a lot of social graphics, like I said, uh, lifestyle and product photography, uh, posters, logos, really pretty much anything visual the company just needs us to do. Wow. Man, yeah, because mm-hmm. you're getting pulled in every direction. Yeah. So you know all the brands from the outdoor group like the back of your hand, I'm sure. Yeah, pretty much. I'm more on the elite side, the broadhead side, uh, Scott. I, I kind of let Brittany handle CBE and some of the other, the other brands we have. I kind of oversee kind of what's going on to make sure we're on brand and everything else, but she really does the, the bulk of the work for that. We cross over quite a bit too, but I know a lot about the bows. Uh, scout releases and the broadhead lines. She does more of the game calls and winner's choice and CBE now. That's very cool. Yeah, you kind of have to like give everyone yeah. their own like projects because it it had to be too overwhelming for one yeah, person for to sure. do all of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was way too much for one person to do for sure. So uh, yeah, she does a lot of great work for us. She's been there about two years now. She's come a long way. She's not a hunter, but she's come a long way in understanding what you know, how to message for the hunting industry and really how to do things the right way. Yeah. So uh, she's, she's, she's come a long way. She's a big help, big time. So I couldn't do it without her. That's, That's awesome. very cool. That's very cool. And people obviously know you're a hunter by the cover art of this episode with uh, some awesome African animals, which just look, we'll get into that too. But it's a, uh, it's cool. The outdoor group family is everyone's either a hunter or obviously understands it and respects it and has a, a passion for it in one way or another. Yeah, definitely. A lot of us hunt there for sure. You know, you, you go out back. I talked to a lot of my buddies out back there, and they're all hunting and talking about getting out of the woods and everything. And it's a lot of fun. You know, we we trade a lot of stories, and of course, trail pictures, videos, all that stuff. We get our trail cameras, and uh, of course, you know, success photos too. We uh, we look at that together. We just kind of tell our story, and it's just a lot of fun back there. We we waste a lot of time telling stories there. Um, so, uh, hey, so waste a lot of time. Day go by. Hey, hey, you know it's the boss like, is listening. You, yeah, when you, when you when you work in the outdoor industry, you know, you're talking hunting. That's basically just talking business. So you know that's yeah, true. It's true. <laughs> well, you know, it's all part of it. It's all part of it, really. And the nice thing is, you know, you, we work in a job where we actually make the stuff we use, and we take it out in the field, and we can give some feedback. We can talk about it. You know, I've gotten more into the uh, product research and development stage more recently here, and uh, it's pretty exciting to really be part of that process and take a broadhead or take a bow out in the woods and kind of say, okay, this is working, this isn't working. Let's make these small tweaks to the product and let's get it out the door. Um, so that's pretty pretty exciting. It's a really good – it's a nice process. It's good to be involved in that. That is – some might say that's a dream job. Yep. Yes, it's, it's absolutely my dream job. I am thankful every single day for it. Um, you know, I couldn't ask for a better job. I've been um, – I've been around other jobs. I've done corporate design before, for like a security company, and that was boring. It was a German company, so it was extra boring. Because uh, <laughs> you know so how funny the that, Germans uh, are. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, actually, they're very good people, and they, they're kind of funny, but uh, they're pretty dry when it comes to design. It's very much in the box, you know, very, very, con- very controlled. And, um, you know, I had a style guide I had to kind of go by, where here I just kind of make up my own stuff as I go. So it's really a big shift from what I was doing. But I did that for, you know, about a dozen years and everything. And uh, it, towards the end of that, actually, I started to get into uh, looking for jobs in the, in the outdoor industry, taking up some uh, – I went on Archery Talk. You know, this was like probably 10, 12 years ago now. I'd go on Archery Talk, and i kind of put little postings up there and postings and say, oh, hi, hey, by the way, I can also do websites and logos for you. Hit me up at this address, whatever it was. So I kind of started that way a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, and then just little by little, I got some uh, some good contacts, and I made a, a contact with a good buddy of mine, Tim, 
And uh, we started doing work together kind of outside. You know, I had my full-time job, and then I'd do some freelance work for him. Scabbing out, baby. Exactly right. (laughs) (laughs) We had some really good clients back in the day and everything, and I just kind of built from there. And then uh, I got let go. There was a massive layoff at the company, and uh, I was able to do it full-time for about three or four years. And same with my boys. They were pretty young at that point. And uh, it worked out really great, actually. It was really good. So it worked out really well. I was doing the work I loved then. And then uh, my buddy Tim got a job at the Adore Group as a president. And they had a designer there already, but uh, you know there was just so much work to do. You couldn't one designer couldn't do it. They needed another person to come in. So then I got hired on. I did some work outside first. I did like the CB catalog, the Citric logo, and some other things before that. And then uh, I liked my work well enough, and I came in. Man, that's cool, man. It's cool how yeah. it all like it all came together. Yeah. To think that yeah. you were on Archery Talk posting that stuff when Archery Talk was mainly just a forum. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Before it was a Facebook page. Yeah, it's, it, 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 it's <laughs> funny. Much. I, I saw like um, so you know, and, and <clears throat> I remember when the the ritual shirts came out. You're like, hey, you know, I, I, you designed that, and it's yeah. just it's so cool seeing. Um, so I saw the ritual thirty uh, on on shelf uh, on on a shelf in a bow shop, and it was just there's a, a cool little tag that you know I, I think is really neat that you guys are doing is. Um, you know, when the bow comes out, there's like a logo to go with it. You know what I mean? Yep. Rather than just the name, now there's a logo, and it gives the bow a little identity. So there's a little tag hanging off there, which, you know, that's one of the best things about getting the bow is you get to look through the artwork. You're like, dude, you know, you own this. It, yep. And I saw that, and I was like, man, Jeff Jeff did that. You know, well, it, it's just, it's well, wild. We, from this, should we just go into the story, the prank story, or, or how? <laughs> because... <laughs> Jeff is the man behind. I mean, you're yeah. one of the main guys, and the guy who designed and and put together the working class bow hunter edition <laughs> ritual, which is incredible. And I we I think about you every day that I grab my bow. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I can't. We can't thank you enough for making that actually just get yeah. put on a bow riser and sent out. That's incredible. Um, of course. And they look amazing. Every person I've that I've showed it to, or they've seen pictures of it. They either message me and say, where the hell do I get one? Or they hold it and they look at it and they're like, I, I've never seen a bow with this much detail on it. How is that even possible? Um, so big thank you for that, man. It, it, they're incredible. Oh, of course. We have yeah, the, of course. We have the poster hanging in the studio. So <laughs> yeah. we're very proud of it. Um, awesome. I'm glad you guys are happy with it. I'm actually, I'm actually really excited that you guys are excited about it because it's really like it's my artwork that you guys have in your hands. And you, you've had a really good – all of you have really good seasons this year. So it's kind of neat to see that. You know, When you make something, people put it in their hands, and they actually use it, and they accomplish some goals. I, I think it's great. And to be part of that process and have that for you guys, I think it was really important to me. I think that really the story kind of began with that. Um, I have to give credit to my girlfriend, Laura. She um, is a big podcast listener. I hadn't really listened to podcasts before, to be honest with you. And I think it was right on ATA last year. Uh, she finally got me to look, listen to some podcasts, and I started looking around. I think you guys had posted something right after ATA or so, and uh, I said, all right, I'll, I'll give these guys a listen, and sure enough, it was a really good podcast, of course. Thank you. And uh, <laughs> then I reached out, and I, somehow I got a hold of Steve. I think I must have messaged him on Facebook or something. You, get, you, I yeah, you reached Steve out and snagged the wrong number. <laughs> yeah. <I> was, <laughs> it was definitely the wrong number or something going on there, but uh, I got a hold of Steve and started, talk, start, started messaging back and forth a little bit. I said, don't, if, I know you guys are affiliated with us, but don't buy a bow before we talk. And then I started the process of designing some different color schemes, so different ideas. I had a, I had a pretty clear idea in my mind what I wanted to do as far as like an overall design plus you know kind of green strings going along with the green logo, and kind of make a, a 
something you guys can be proud of and really be, you know, you're part of our family. We want to treat you guys that way. We want to we want you to be part of it. You know, I worked with uh, Kurt quite a bit on the final design, just you know, finishing up a couple of little small details. And uh, that's how it kind of came about early on. It was probably about five months of kind of work, kind of laying in the weeds mm-hmm. and stuff like that. We had, yeah. a, we had a lot of bows to get out the door. The ritual just launched at that point. And oh, and was build, doing crazy good. Oh, yeah. So We had to build a lot of bows then, and you guys were very patient with us. And uh, it finally came together. I know Kurt was heading out to uh, Colorado, mm-hmm. so we had to get the bows to him pretty quickly. But uh, we had a few weeks there. I hope to shoot and get it dialed in. I think you did. Yep, yep. And uh, so, you know, it just kind of went from there. But, yeah, we had a uh, – but to get to that point, we had a pretty funny story. Steve wanted to do a prank on Kurt. <laughs> so, so this uh, is uh, yeah, this isn't long after ATA. Yeah, so yeah, this, this is right after. Which is for people who don't know when ATA is. This is like late January ish. Yeah, this would have been like early February. And I remember, so I get a friend request from from you, uh, yeah. and I was like, you know, look, I go, well, who the hell is this dude? And uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like, you know. Uh, Decent looking dude, you know, cool guy. Like I drink a beer with him. Yeah, so I look and I go. Decent looking dude. It's like, oh, yeah, God. that's a good thing. At least there's been good things about me. That's good. Yeah. So, so I see him. It's like graphic designer, and I look at the picture. I go, wait, that's the dude that's on the uh, the catalog for uh, the 2018. Uh, Would have been yeah, 2018 yeah, um, elite. elite catalog. So if we have him, he's on the cover. I'm like, yeah, on the cover, right? Okay. Yep. I'm like, oh, that's that dude. Okay. And Katie's on there too, right? And, and Katie's, Katie's on there. Yeah. Uh, and. <laughs> I've got an even funnier story about how I met Katie at ATA, which uh, it, when we have her on for an episode, we'll tell that. I don't even know oh, that story, so I'm oh, scared it, for it's her. Hilarious. Dude, she it still talks to us, so it's not that bad. You were bad, probably trying man. to like hit on her or something. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'll ask Dude, her. Dude, you're a creep. I, I might have. I am, you're a full-blown <laughs> creep. creep. I might have hit on her, but she, yeah, Katie's Katie's awesome. Uh, yeah, she is. One of, one of my favorite people. Um, there at the, but let's, uh, let, we'll, we'll, we'll keep rolling on with this story because yeah. this story is great. So anyway, I accept the firm request and, um, I think it's like, a you know, a matter of like a day or two and I, I get a message from you and it's like, Hey man, you know, uh, checked out the podcast, you know, big supporter of the show. Hey, um, have you guys, uh, gotten your bows yet? And it's like, no. It's like, all right, well, don't get your rituals yet. Um, I got a special project. Uh, I'm going to talk to uh, Larry McCoy about it. I'm like, okay, you know, no big deal. So I just, I was like, okay, you know, we'll just kind of a big deal. I, I, I didn't know at the time. I was like, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, Probably thought I was pulling his leg, actually, right? I, I didn't know. I was like, well, shit, this guy Who is knows. This guy? <laughs> I was like, this guy knows more than I do. So I remember one day I'm, uh, I'm at work. And all of a sudden, I just like my phone's like buzzing, and you're like, "Hey, I gotta show you something." And all of a sudden, through Facebook Messenger, I see like five designs, and I'll, all I'm seeing is the Ritual Riser, and like five different designs of our logo on it. It goes, "Hey, I'm working on this project for you guys. You guys support the shit out of us. I want to do this for you." I'm in awe. I'm like, "What the hell is going on right now?" I'm like. Dude, is there a bow company that's trying to put our, our like we're our logo is going to be on a bow? I'm like, I, I didn't, all this shit was going through my head, and I, I'm floor, I'm flabbergasted. And the first thing I said was, I go, "Oh shit, we got to fuck with Kurt." <laughs> I was like, "We have to mess with Kurt." Because for everyone that doesn't actually know this, Steve handles point. Zero 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 percent of the business, except when it comes to this. Apparently, <laughs> so if there's any business that gets handled like behind the scenes, like 
it, like any product work, sponsorship, marketing. Uh, <laughs> it's like zero. Dude. You think of anything? Steve handles zero <laughs> percent of it. Nothing. So yeah, he's so so Jeff's messaging me. I'm like. I gotta listen to the show. He he has to get it, you know. I'm like he has to get the dynamics. Yeah. I'm like we gotta screw with Kurt, and I'm like I don't know this dude. He probably has heard very little of me, you know. What I I don't know. I don't know. I'm like I I just know. Obviously, at this point, I'm like yeah. obviously we don't know each other that damn well. <laughs> okay, get to the point where but I'm like, like I'm like gonna... let's screw with Kurt, and he's like okay. He's like what do you want to do? I go. I'm like how easy is it to you make like a mock-up design? Like you know I'm like I and. The way that you and you'll get in this, how you design the bows, is yep. pretty complex. But once you get like a pattern, you you can screw with it. I'm like, I was like, oh shit, dude. I'm like, do you want to put like a waffle or something on it? Just like it'd be like hilarious. <laughs> and you're like, I don't know. We got to screw with them. I go, can you make any pro wrestling themed bows? <laughs> and I get two images back. The first one was. Jake the, the Snake. Hey, the first one was the Jake the Snake. I'm gonna see if I still have them in my text messages from uh, Jeff. <laughs> Dude, the first one was a, no, no, no. The first one was a Bret Hart. Oh, I don't have um, more. Damn it. It was it was a Bret Hart themed bow, and it looked yep. cool, but it was like it was weird because the way the riser and it was just like a him. But then when you sent the Jake the Snake one, and like <laughs> as quickly as it came, I was like. Dude, that is the shit, and it is awesome. So, so like, you guys okay. potted out to so yeah. So and and then I was like, I was like, all right, cool. And I think yeah, because then I go, hey, here's Kurt's phone number. No, it was the They're, WCB oh, WWE Rick Rude. Dude, ritual. it was the ravishing Rick Rude one, dude. That, <laughs> oh yeah, that was in there too. Are we allowed to post that, Jeff, or can we just we just have to leave it? For <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah, go right ahead. That's that's totally fine. <laughs> okay, oh, so no. we'll post it when people start asking to see it. So I'm, perfect, dude. I'm talking to Jeff through Messenger, and uh, like I give him. Kurt's number, so we're all in a. Um, and it was great that uh, the messages popped. No, up we blue. weren't in a group chat when when Jeff sent me these. I, we weren't in a group chat. Oh no no go, okay yeah because I was screenshotting you okay yeah yeah okay so I was talking yeah, you're to Jeff over at work or something right that's right that's right and and Kurt so I give you Kurt's number and yeah I was like hey man send that to him and well you're no like, so the way I remember it Jeff we were talking and then you I can't remember exactly you might remember a little better. Um, yeah. Because I imagine you drink less than me. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> More than likely. <laughs> you said something about, hey, you know, hey, I want to do something special for you guys, all this, give you guys your own special bow. So I'm right away, I'm thinking, like, oh, cool, our logo on it. That would be amazing. Like, dream come it's true, right? Great. Yeah. <laughs> Wrong. And then I don't know. I mean, you could take the story away from here if you remember uh, the details. Yeah. Yeah, we said, uh, you know, I didn't know you, of course, but I was sending you this random message. You, you didn't know me from anybody either. Uh, I'm sure Steve maybe said, oh, there's this designer guy trying to make a bow for us or something like that. Uh-huh. But I, I texted you out of the blue pretty much saying, hey, I've got these designs for you. Why don't you take a look and see what you think? And uh, sure enough, I sent over, and of course, Steve and I were talking in the background, of course, and saying, oh, well, I hope he doesn't hate me for sending these over. Is he going to want to punch me, or what's going on here? <laughs> so I sent him over. I tried to keep it a straight face as much as I could through texting and all that. But, you know, I tried not to give it away or anything, I guess. And I've, I've, I've been working really hard on these designs. I think it's something really good for your company. I know that Steve loves wrestling, so I want to do these special designs for the, the oh, podcast. Dude, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so I sent those over there, and I could, I could kind of... Even through text, I can I can hear your voice like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> That's what happened. <laughs> I think I texted I can, Steve I and said, "Oh my god, Kurt goes." <laughs> Kurt's like he messages me and he's 
fuck? I, I think literally I texted Steve. I said, uh, "Dude, you if, do it. No, I, I remember what I said. I said, "If this is real, I'm not like I can't be mad at it because it's a free bow." But if yep. this actually happens, I'm going to fucking stab you. <laughs> You're going to stab you, that's right. Yeah. And then I think you guys were sending screenshots of this oh. prank you guys were playing oh, to Because Jeff's like, I'm, I'm, he's like, because Jeff's like sending messages back that was he what he's sending me. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, we're going back and forth. He's like, all right, this is what he's saying, and I'm like, I'm sending what because you're texting him, and then I'm I'm uh, messaging Jeff, and then you're texting me, so I'm sending screenshots <laughs> of the conversation you're saying. He goes, I'm like, dude, just keep it up, and you're like, and, and Jeff goes, I'll keep it up until he drops one f bomb. <laughs> it was like the first text, and I'm like, dude. So finally, I give him, uh, I give well, him courage. You got to think, like, think of my point of view. Like my dream is to have my own edition bow. And then right <laughs> now, listen. Let me, let me, so I'm like, man, this would be amazing. Like, cause Jeff's like, hey, oh, you guys are gonna get your own bow. I'm like, no way. And then the wrestling mock-up comes through, and I'm like, Steve just ruined my dream by. And so I'm like immediately, like, I almost drove to your house and just punched your legs until you couldn't walk out the door. And <laughs> luckily I didn't have to. And, but you know what I mean, though? In my head, I'm envisioning, like, oh, my dream's coming true. And then to see, like, Steve's wrestling references just come back and bite me. Oh, my God. So yeah. it was great. Dude, the funniest shit. So I think eventually, Jeff, you ended up sending a mock up of the actual, like. That's when we um, got into the group chat. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that was the end of it, yep. So, and I, I was like, I, I was, I was shocked, but like, I was also having the time of my life. Like, yo, Kurt thinks he's gonna be holding the Rick Rude's package. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, like, you put his package right on the grip, right on the riser, right on the grip. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it, it's an incredible looking mock-up. Like, it's clearly a joke. I, you know, yeah, obviously, it looks good. But it looks actually pretty cool. The Jake the Snake, the Jake the Snake one looked really good. Yeah, yeah they're funny, man. So, so what, then, what, what Steve doesn't know, though, is we almost sent him one of the wrestling bows when you guys got your bows. When you guys sent, we sent the bows to you guys, we almost sent Steve the actual wrestling bow instead. Oh, oh my Dude, God, that would have been so funny. <laughs> that would have been incredible. <laughs> Would you have been mad? I would have liked it. Too. No. That would have been, been great. I yeah, would've he would have loved, loved it. it, dude. That would have been awesome. So let's I, talk I, about, Jeff, some of the mock-ups, though, because, yeah, we went through, I mean, I don't know how many mock-ups we went through, and, man, they were all awesome, and that was the yeah. hardest part is you made everyone so cool that all of us were kind of arguing. We're like, well, but this one has this, but, yeah, but this one's cool because of this, and we looked at them. We had to find something that, like, I just had to be, like, mad at Doug. So, I like, he's like, I love that. And I'm like, well, if Doug loved that, then I have to hate it. Like, that's yeah. the only way we could have decided. We almost broke up over it, Jeff, just to let you know. <laughs> exactly. I know. Because me and Eric were leading I'm one sorry. way. Yeah. Well, Jeff, talk about the designs and kind of just kind of go through that process of, I guess. Yeah, so basically, yeah go ahead. So basically, um, I'll take a picture of a bow. I do the in-studio photography for the bows and everything. So I'll take that bow. And what I do is I kind of cut out the riser. So you have the entire bow, picture of the entire bow on a white background, then you clean it all out. And then basically you, you cut out the riser part of it and make it kind of a grayish color. And then you can take any pattern. You know, I've done some camel patterns. We, we can do anything we want, any sort of custom bows, uh, any sort of design you want to do. Basically, sky's the limit. You can do whatever you want. Uh, then you superimpose over the top of that, and you can go in and select out the, the areas you want to cut out of it and the entire shape of it. And then you can just kind of layer it on top of that, you know, with like an overlay effect and that type of thing. And uh, it just kind of looks like it's on the riser because you have the shine coming through the riser and it looks dimensional. And it works out pretty well. You can get, we do a lot of mock ups that way in house. We just kind of look at things, you know, was this pattern working? 
what size should its pattern be, that type of thing. So we do a lot of that in-house anyway. So in a case like this, I can take you know, a picture of Rick Root or anybody like that, <laughs> also anybody, I can put on the riser pretty quickly. It doesn't take that long at all, actually, once I get the process down. It took a while to get there. Once I get the process down, though, it's really easy to do. It's yeah. really cool because, I mean, how many, Jeff, how many think we went through? Eight? mock-ups or so eight probably seven or eight yeah seven or eight easy and they were all cool and some were similar you changed up a few things and some were way different and but they were all awesome like all of them were incredible um and then we had two pieces to work with yeah we had you know obviously we wanted the logo on there somehow probably in the nice green uh, i think we had some gray versions we had some green versions we had different things going on we added a uh, mic pattern eventually yeah the microphone patterns in there yep right like right in the middle just out of the black there's a microphone kind of texture in there you kind of see and that's and something that I- a lot of people when they look at it they realize they're like oh wow the like the microphone's in there too like um awesome. when we say microphone pattern for people at home if you look at a microphone it's like that woven metal yeah, look. look up a sure sm58 it's it's your standard mic you yeah know, you'll you'll see yep. that right away that designs yeah. in the riser it's it's amazing yep yes yeah, so we ran through it like i said we had kind of pieces and parts we knew we wanted to work with we wanted the green in there we wanted some black in there and um you know deer don't really see colors other than like yellows and blues a little bit so green is totally fine so we wanted to design something that would be a tribute to your the podcast, of course, and also be huntable, usable bow. Really, we didn't want to be really big and flashy with it. We wanted to have you know be almost like a camo in itself, in a way. Yeah, yeah, it's they're incredible looking bows. They we have the mock up, and we'll post all this with the episode, and we'll post it on Facebook. Say we'll post it in the comment section, so um, you can scroll through and look at all of them. But you have to see the bows in person. They're so incredible. Yeah, and I've had one of my best seasons of all time with it this year, and. It's just the luck of the podcast is just built into it. I'll never get rid of the bow. Um, awesome. It's going to be framed or hung oh, be up a with shadow the box, dude. It's, it's it might be a bow I always shoot, and I do have to say, and we can talk, we can go into like the process of how you got this design on the riser. But I was yeah, curious to see how it roll uh, hold up to just around the grip where you hold on to it and uh, banged up on you know tree stand steps and sticks. And I had mine in the backcountry of Colorado. And the thing looks yep. brand new. Like yeah, there's no awesome. wear and tear or nothing on it anywhere. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. No, it's a it's a process called color fusion. And basically, you take a what I do is I if I design a pattern for the bow, or we get a bow from somebody else, like a real tree or like a mossy oak or kuyu. Um, what they do is they we go out to this company called Color Fusion, and they make these socks for us. And basically, what the sock is, it's like reverse printed on the inside of the sock with the color and the pattern. What they do when we get those socks into the plant is we prepare the bows. We make them like a whitish color, uh, and basically it has chemicals on it that receive the ink once it's heated up. So we have a really good color fusion team too in the back of the in the back of the plant, and uh, we'll take the socks to them or they get the socks in from a shipment, and then they will uh, you know get the bows all prepped and ready to go. They put the socks on. That's a pretty cool like vacuum process. They have to vacuum it in there to get in all those little. If you look at your bows I mean, or any bow that we make you'll notice that the fit and finish is excellent. And that's because mm-hmm. those guys get in there, every little every little curve and every little uh, cut, cutaway, they get the camo in there and they vacuum it together basically and they put it in this uh, oven essentially. And it bakes for like 15 or 20 minutes depending on how dark you want it. And then you get it out and it, it, the ink just adheres right to the riser like you painted it right on it. And uh, the other good thing is very durable, like, you're, like you've seen with your bows. Um, it's extremely durable. You know, I've, I've dropped bows in the past. I've done, you know, made mistakes and whatever else and it still holds up i mean it holds up through a lot of different things it's a really durable process 
And like I said, you can do whatever we want with it, which is really fun. Um, I've done my own kind of camos and working with different things as well. And, uh, you know, it's just something that it's a, it's a lot of fun to work with and play with. We did that independent series over the summer. Oh, yeah. or actually, I'm sorry, late in the spring uh, for our echelon bows. And we wanted to get that out there. And it was just a, a very unique pattern. We did the Stars and Stripes. We did the Battleship Gray, the green, and the kind of tan color. And mm. uh, it, it went pretty well for us, actually. It was something very unique, very different. And the customers kind of latched onto us. It did well for us. And uh, it's just fun to do that. You know, we have a, a really good team out there. Those guys are artists out there. They take the ideas on my head and we can put it on a bow. It's, it's really pretty amazing. It is cool. And then for people that, if you go to the cover out of this episode, that bow obviously is a custom bow that you made, which is so mm-hmm. cool. Yep. Yeah, it's my Africa bow. I did that one right before I went. About two months before I left for Africa, when I found, actually about a month before I left, uh, kind of a short notice thing, so I made a bow really quick. And, uh, yeah, I, I just kind of looked at Africa, and I looked. I wanted to get a kudu at that point until I found out how expensive they really, how expensive it was to get one over there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I got back a little bit. But, uh, uh, so I, I just wanted parts of Africa. So I did, like, there's kind of kudu stripes in there. There's kind of the oranges of the sunset. There's uh, kind of a dried grass, kind of medium light brown in there. There's uh, slight greens in there for some of the bushes that are still alive over there this, that time of year. Uh, just basically Afri- all of Africa went into that bow. Um, mm. so I just kind of wanted, it was like a little, I, it was almost like a canvas I wanted to paint, uh, just kind of a one-off bow. It's only one of a kind. There's only one bow like that that was ever produced. Um, so I've got it in my basement right now. So it's kind of neat. It's so crazy. How do you not yeah. just make a million bows? Yeah, that's how I was thinking. <laughs> uh, budget. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually we get a lot of scrap bows. We have, you know, during the cutting process, there are mistakes that are made. Uh, there are bows that don't come out. We have a very high standard of, uh, our process. So if a bow isn't 100% right, it doesn't go out. The, it doesn't go to the next level. So we have a lot of uh, kind of blend bows or bows that were dropped or whatever that is uh, we can kind of play with. And it's kind of nice. Uh, and if you ever come to the office, which I hope you do, you guys do someday. I hope so. You'll see behind me I'll have like um, I have a good 20 or 30 bows behind me, all risers that are decorated. That's different cool. things we've tried. I think you sent me some pictures of that, and it's like every color variation, every design that you could ever yeah. imagine. Some you can't even imagine. They're that awesome. It's it's a yeah. cool it's yeah. a cool process, and, man. And, and it's probably yeah. got to be a, a little difficult, you know. Like like you said, when you, you you put something on a computer screen, and you know whether you guys are testing a new color out, and it's like, okay, let's try this, and then you actually put it on a bow, and you're like, oh yeah, that is totally not what I got, you know. It's it, it's that's <laughs> yeah. probably got to be one of the one of the bigger headaches of your job. But then again, you probably got that plus side where you're like, eh, we'll see how this goes. It's like, damn, that thing turned out nice. It goes both ways for sure. It's, a, it's definitely like, oh, this is going to be great, and it turns out not so good when you literally look at it on a bow. A bow design is really tricky because when you're doing a pattern, you can do a flat pattern to go on clothing or like a, a big wall or something. It's yeah. pretty easy. But then you have to consider that you're cutting out 90% of that pattern in a block. So you have to be very conscientious about how that kind of lays on the bow with the cutouts in there. So you can't put like uh, like a baby's face on the bow because you never see it. It'll be just like skin color. You know, the eyes would be gone, the nose would be gone. You have different kind of cutouts there. You can't really put a picture, per se, on a bow. You have to be very conscious of what you're doing with that, and you have to uh, just kind of design around that, essentially. Yeah, and that's kind of interesting that, that you brought that up. And when you were talking about, you know, the, the different camos, uh, Kuyu, Mossy Oak, uh, Realtree, you know, it, it's one thing to put a Realtree pattern on a hoodie, you know, and have that look good, but then to shrink it down. So it's like it's your job to, okay, how can I take this pattern that they sent us get it down to a bow size because it's not, you know, like it's not exactly the same size. Like you have to size that up 
to make it look good on a bow, but also, you know, so it's still camo, you know, essentially. Yeah, yeah that's right. My philosophy, you know, early on, even when I first kind of started, there were other people kind of making that decision. And uh, we'd get a bow in, and especially like New Kuyu, when that first came in, I remember it came up on the bow, and the first samples that I saw looked great. I mean, they're full size, full clothing size, so the natural clothing you had, full size looked awesome. I, I was really happy with the bigger areas of dark and light and how it kind of worked together. And uh, then they looked at the limbs and said, man, we got to get that camo on the limbs. So we're going to shrink it down to 25% of original size. And the and the and I think the quiver hoods, too, are the same way. They wanted to really shrink it down. Literally, we get 25% of original size. So it was really almost small. So you get the pattern in there. They're very concerned about that. I said, no, you shouldn't be doing this. Number one, Kuyu didn't didn't give us the go-ahead to be able to do that. And also, you don't want to match the pattern. You, you don't want the – by the time you shrink down the pattern, it looks totally different. Yep. It's no longer the pattern that's on your jacket yeah. or on your pants or whatever. It, is. it looks totally different. It looks like a very small miniaturized pattern. It doesn't look the same at all. I don't think it looks good. I don't think it ever looked good. So I always fought for, you know, go 100% with everything we do and just make it look right. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It's still struggle today even, too. I think we get a lot of socks on there about 75% size. So then you get a, a real tree edge bow in, and the leaves look a little bit smaller. They're not quite right. And uh, I think that's kind of the problem with some of the camo in general, too, is just that, you know, I think uh, the colors are so muted. There's so many tans and so many kind of muted colors together. It turns into like a blob at distance. So mm-hmm. I, I've become more of a fan of the more broken up colors, like a Kuyu or just some of those other broken up colors. The new edge is kind of nice. There's more contrast in there. There's uh, some more color and that type of thing under there as well. Um, but yeah, some of the older patterns from the last 10, 15 years have been kind of muted looking, and I don't think they're quite as effective at distance. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. You have a deeper relationship with camo patterns because, you know, you're forced to analyze them like that, yep. whereas we only see them as like close or far away. Yeah. Really. Yeah. I yeah, mean, exactly. on the shelf. On the, or yeah, on the yeah. shelf, you know, it's, uh, it's one of those, yeah, that's interesting. It's a different way to think about, uh, camo. In general. Well, there's definitely shelf appeal. I mean, you want to get to the customer and have it look good in their hands and say, that looks really good. I want, I want this jacket. I want this bow. I want this quiver, whatever that's going to be. You want that the kind of shelf appeal from two feet away where they hold it in their hands and said, yeah, from two feet away, this looks great. I want I want uh-huh. this product. But then when I design my camera, those things I'm working on right now is you want that, you know, it looks good in your hands. There's a lot of detail and there's a lot of things going on. There's things in there that are interesting to look at. Then you get 20 yards away it's still effective because you have these bigger kind of mid-tone areas that are broken up and there may be some gradients in there but there's some big areas of breakup in there then you get 40 yards away it's still effective because you have those big areas that are still being being used Mm -hmm. effectively too by the eye so when i design a pattern it's very much about you know two feet away and up to 40 or 50 yards away what does it what does it do what does it look like and how does it change my my goal is to make it change as it goes out there as well Mm mm-hmm Man, yeah, that's man. that's wild. The man. way that you, you you explain that and you think about that, that's kind of how um, our producer uh, Jordan from Combination Creative. Mm-hmm. I mean, he does he does logo designs and things too. But just the way that the way that you see the world and that he sees the world and, and things like that is different than the way it's we look. Way at different. It. Yeah. Than, it, We're it, very it, different breed for sure. It's just it it's blows my mind. I'll have an idea and I'll talk to like when we were working out the process for the final bow design, Jeff, and or if I'm talking to yeah. Jordan about a new shirt design that we're working on, and I'm like, yeah, I'm thinking this, but I can't. And then he'll like take my idea and then add something to it, and I'm like, whoa, that's way better than I ever could have like pictured yeah. it. It's yeah. like so, you're so happy that there's people out there like that that you know are things like tattoo artists. Yeah, because exactly. if you just gave him a same family, like, same family. It's like, people. yeah, I just yep. yeah, it's like, hey, I want a, I want a tattoo of my family on my back, and they just draw stick figures on you. <laughs> you know, it's just like <laughs> that's right. It, like the it, stickers it, in your back window. <laughs> yeah, and it's uh, 
you know, and, and it, it's very cool to to hear a guy. And I, I consider you an artist. Oh, of um, course. Yeah, I consider you? myself yeah. an artist too. You know, but well, no, I'm not. Stop. Steven, uh, yeah. beer dr- <laughs> of, of watching TV, <laughs> but I do consider you an artist, and uh, I do appreciate that. You know, you you want to bring like every day you go to work, you're like, I need to make this look good, and you're bringing it in your ass, Jeff, and you're you're a hunter, you know. You, Absolutely. <laughs> perfect. I'm just saying, dude. Fine. You know, well, here, here's what I want to do. We'll we'll post some pictures of the mock-ups and the designs. But Jeff, you talked about Africa. Oh yeah. And Team I Grizz. Wa- I want to hear. I've heard a little bit of story. Oh, yeah, Team or, Grizz. I've heard some stories from Clark. Um, <laughs> how was Africa, man? That's something that's that a, that's a funny connection too, because it, Clark Cummings that you've heard on the podcast, you yep. got the chance to uh, hang out with it over in Africa. Absolutely. He's actually, and as you guys well know, he's one of the best guys out there ever. I mean, he nicest. do anything for you. Uh, nicest guy. Easy to talk to. He has all these great ideas in his head about hunting. So he has all these philosophies and all that. And he, you can you learn from him. Genuinely, you learn from him all the time you talk to him. So, uh, yeah, we have a mutual friend, actually. And he said that you guys are going to get along great when you get over there together. And uh, sure enough, I think we were in the blind together probably by the second or third day, I think it was. I was with Larry the first day with our guy, David. And then uh, I think uh, Clark was with Ryan at that point, and they were doing, putting some film down and all that. Uh, then Clark and I got together one morning. We decided to go out together, I think, the third day. And uh, so we went out and get, got after some animals. Um, he wanted a wildebeest really bad. So we sat in a couple different blinds and uh, looked around and tried to get on one, but we never got one. The, they weren't coming into the holy rat with the one day. But uh, we saw these water bucks come in, and I'd never really seen one before. I, I've heard of them. I've seen them in photos, of course, and video, but... I didn't know much about them, but I mean, they—they they, if you don't know what, what a water bug does, I, I encourage you to look one up. But it's—it's uh, it's just basically like this big. It looks like a donkey and a deer got together, and kind of crossbred and made this weird thing with like a unicorn with <laughs> two horns. That's the best way I can describe it. And uh, these horns are got—they've got to be two and a half, three feet long sometimes. I think the record mm-hmm. is around thirty-five inches. But there are a lot that we saw that were thirty plus inches for sure. Mm-hmm. And that's a big animal, and um, you know, it's about. Probably it's bigger, it's taller than a deer. It's probably like the size of a Canadian white-tailed deer. It's about the size of it. Okay. Um, but it has these big, massive, kind of curved-over ant- horns, and it's just you see it walking through it. It kind of waves back and forth, and it's just crazy to see. So I decided I wanted to go back and get a water buck the next morning in the blind we were in. And uh, so Clark and um, Clark and Jack and I were sitting in this blind, a two-person blind that three of us were in, three grown men <laughs> with a two-person blind. With both. So we got really close to each other that day. And... Uh, so then, uh, but we saw a lot of animals that day. It was pretty crazy. When you go to Africa, you basically, we, we, Larry and I actually went out and, uh, still hunted the first day. We tried to walk. We saw some red hearted beasts. I was going after that was my, that was my choice animal. Uh, so we saw some animals and we, we got out of the truck <clears throat> and we tried to go after them. But that time of year, everything's so dry and dead that, um, yep. it's, it's like walking on cornflakes. <laughs> so we, we got within about 80 yards of them. Steve's dream. It's all just crunch yeah. over there. More frosted flakes then. Pretty much frosted flakes, yeah, exactly. So uh, we got within 80 yards of the heart of beast, and then there were some zebras out there, and they busted us, and they just everything just bolted after that. So we never really got a chance. So okay, we did the uh, we made an effort. It's it's really tough over there. Um, so we decided to go ahead and, and ground blind hunt. So fast forward to Clark and I sitting together, and uh, so we're in this blind over a water hole and some food source, and uh, there were about 25 little mongoose that came into the water hole. There were about a dozen blessed buck. Uh, there were, I don't know, 20 or 30 Impala that came in. There was actually a family of seven giraffes that came in. 
Ooh, and I, cool. I never wanted to shoot a giraffe in my life. I never really had a desire to. I like the way they look and everything, but man, that big bull came in. Oh yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, you're thinking, you think about hunting back here, you're looking at deer and turkeys, you know, about yeah. maybe a foot and a half, two feet off the ground tops. Then you think about a giraffe, it's got, it must've been 17, 18, 19 feet tall at the neck. That's insane. Oh my God. Dude, that's something you're, you're, <laughs> you're literally leaning out of the blind, looking up to see the thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, so that crazy, yeah, dude. How high do you got to hang tree stands on giraffes? <laughs> <laughs> That's got the forty foot stands. It's like a fairy tale. It's almost like you always just hear about them. You see them yeah. at zoos, yeah, but you never see like a giraffe just walk in on you hunting. It's like the yeah, craziest absolutely. thing to think about. Yeah, and you have to kind of um, tell them what you're going to be hunting for the day, and you have to tell them what you're going to be because you're basically you're you're kind of paying for the animal, so you have to make sure you you can do it. Number one on the property you're on. And also just make sure, you know, you can afford to do it, number two. Um, but I never wanted to shoot a draft before, but, man, that big bull came in, and I was like, oh, 25 <laughs> yards, I know where to shoot, man. It, it, it's impressive. It's so impressive to see. Um, but, yeah, then after that, we saw a group of about a dozen big water bucks came in out of that group. There were good, like, five or six that came in. And Clark was filming me. That was the plan for me to take a water buck that morning. And then um, so these water bucks came in, and, if you don't really know water bucks, which none of us really did, you know, Jack, our guide, obviously knew the water bucks, but we didn't, Clark and I didn't know what to really look for. They all look big to us. And uh, so there were probably five or six that were really big that we wanted to kind of get after. And they kind of stayed together. And our guide would say, okay, the one looking left right now. So we both kind of were on the same page and whatever else. Another couple of minutes goes by and the one I wanted to shoot kind of quartered hard away. And basically my only shot was behind the last rib up to the front leg on the opposite side. And uh, mm-hmm. I remember just picking a spot that has a dime on it, and at 20, I think it was like right around 18 or 20 yards, I just drilled it. And, man, it was a really good shot. I used it in a raptor trick, and it uh, blasted right in. It went right all the way in. I think it hit the front bones and the front shoulder on the opposite side, and uh, it only went like about 60 yards. That yeah. was it. That's yeah. awesome, Perfect man. shot. So They're Clark cool. and I were uh, celebrating, of course, and Jack and I, and we were so excited about it. And then I see this look on Clark's face, and he's like sick to his stomach. I said, Clark, what's going on? What's wrong? He says, I don't think I got it. <laughs> uh, I was like, what? And I couldn't really be mad because I was still really happy at that point. But then, uh, sure enough, we didn't get on the right one because there was, there was confusion. Because like I said, there were five or six big ones there, and we we're trying to figure out which one is which. So um, mm. so I made the shot. And the good thing is, I mean, I can still see it in my mind's eye, and I still enjoy, yeah. enjoy the memory of it and all. would have been great to have it on camera, but I'm glad Clark was there with me and Jack was there with me. It was a, g- a great experience with those guys. But uh, you know, I still see it in my mind anyway. So I have that I have that footage in my mind. I guess is the best way to say it. That's but, so uh, cool, man. Clark was so sick to his stomach, I could tell. You know, you know, you guys know Clark. Oh yeah. How bad he must have felt. He was he was devastated. Oh, I bet he's like the nicest guy, one of the best humans you'll ever meet. I bet you he was so apologetic. Dude, he'll, 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 he'll yeah. tell oh, your he vehicle. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, up, up and down the rest of the day, he was apologetic, and you know, don't worry about it. You know, I. I, it was a great experience with you guys. Thank you for being there, number one. And, uh, you know, I didn't, I wasn't, I couldn't be too upset about it. It was fine. I had the water buck down and I was excited about that. So that's all that really mattered. But, uh, it, just to see his face and how much he sunk after that shot is like, oh, God, I don't think I got it. I can see <laughs> uh, it in his face. Oh, man. That's, that's <laughs> a great happens, story. How, how many animals did you shoot when you were over there? I shot an impala, a wildebeest, and that water buck. That's awesome. Oh, I, shoot, I shot a guinea fowl, too. <laughs> how many uh so what are you are you getting shoulder mounts or skull mounts or the wildebeest i'm having a european mount done and then i'm having the entire hide done for oh, the cool. wall 
Um, the Impala, I'm just getting a, a skull mount done. And for the water bucket, I'm thinking I have that head mounted, shoulder mounted. Oh, cool. Yeah. That was yeah. good. That is awesome. It's. I was talking to Clark about it, and uh, you guys don't even have them yet, do you? No, they're still over there. We're still waiting. Man, how long do you have to wait? Do you know, or is it just kind of whenever they come in? I talked to Larry on Monday about it, actually, and the problem is the government has changed hands over there a lot. And actually, our guide over there, Jack, he um, he left the country because things were kind of an upheaval <laughs> for the last year or so. And uh, there was a big thing where basically the government was taking over land and everything over in Africa. So the, oh, this is South the lands Africa? That they were hunting on. Yeah. yeah, South Africa. They were taking over lands, like just kind of coming and saying, okay, this is our land. Get out. Oh, wow. So he left because of that. And uh, the government in general is just an upheaval. And, of course, there's you know, a big uproar about the ivory trade and everything else going back and forth about that. So getting animals in and out of, Af- or out of Africa right now is kind of difficult. So we're just trying to find a great broker. Right now we have – we had a, a group of us, you know, a group of like six of us were over there shooting, and uh, we had 22 animals to bring back. So we had put them all in this big crate, Jeez. and we figured we'd put them all in uh, one big crate and then send them to Chicago. So Clark would be in that kind of area. He, he can grab them for us. Then we can just kind of figure out the rest from there. But uh, that's been the plan for since – August before last August, so it's been a while. Oh, oh man. Yeah, are are you worried feeling. that you might not ever get them? Is that a concern? My stomach's been announced for the last year and a half, almost two years now, yeah. Dude. It's tough. Oh, oh man. Oh. Did you lose any hair over it? Uh, I feel like I have, yeah, actually, some more. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bummer, man. I couldn't even imagine. It, it's oh. really tough. I mean, you guys, I know you guys just got, I think Kurt just got his mounts back or something like that. But imagine yeah. <laughs> just waiting for all this time for animals. I basically have wall space planned for it. I'm just waiting for these things to come in. Because I bought, we went to this uh, bizarre thing too in Africa. I got like another um, warthog tusk and some other African carving type things. I have like a whole wall planned. And uh, I just can't wait to get my animals back. I'm, we're just sitting here waiting though. Dude, the look on Clark's face that I don't think I got it was like foreshadowing of how you're going to feel for the next year and a half. Oh, like, boy. oh, we didn't get our mounts. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know Clark's bummed about that, too. We went on that uh, kudu hunt. and um, Oh, yeah. I, I filmed this kudu hunt there. You probably saw it on the show there. And uh, I, I made sure I didn't miss the shot for sure, because I wasn't going to do that. There's no way. <laughs> I think it was like the... Um, you should have messed with him and said you didn't get it. Oh, I didn't get it, Clark. You would have seen Clark come uh, up. Actually, I, I did bust his balls. I think I, I, said, I, think I told him that. I think, <laughs> I think the camera was off. I don't know what happened. I'm not, I'm not a cameraman by trade, but you know, I was there helping up the guys yeah. and trying to do it, too. I so forgot I, to hit the red button. The button. Oh, shit. <laughs> Clark, it's I think I did okay. that for a second. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, Clark's hunt was a great hunt, too. And uh, like I said, I was making sure I was not going to miss the shot whatsoever. So I really stayed on the animal. We communicated better that time in the afternoon and uh we got it done so it was really exciting and now you guys are known as known as team grizz huh yeah. tell us how team that grizz, happened yeah. can you tell us how that happened oh yeah yep. i forgot can uh, you <laughs> kind of nickname has been uh griswold you know clark Gris, clark griswold is kind of the nickname he received uh-huh. a while back and uh just kind of shortened down to grizz um i think larry had told me the ne- that one morning the second or third morning there uh you're going to be hung with clark is like, oh team grizz great i'm in let's go <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, then we got to know each other. It was good. It was really good. He's, uh, you know, he's he's one of the best dudes ever. So I was really excited to meet him and uh, hang out with him for a bit and hunt with him too. I mean, what what better way to get to know somebody than you hunt with him for a while? You know? Yeah, yeah. That's how people make like the closest friends. And Clark is a killer man. He kills some white tails. He, oh yeah. He's uh he's one of our go to guys. Oh, he's very knowledgeable. He's uh you know obviously a great guy and he just knows his stuff and he's a great shot too. I mean uh. 
he made some shots and that kudu especially i know i could hear his knees knocking almost and <laughs> I, I was nervous just turning the camera i was just pushing a button and facing it towards the animal clark i know was nervous for sure because that was a big big animal and uh you know those things came in there were probably like seven rights that came in and they just kind of milled around where the food was and all that but again you, you, the animals are kind of swaying out there kind of coming at us and I could I could hear I could hear Clark's heartbeat. I swear to God, I couldn't. <laughs> That's amazing. So that was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a great trip. Um, I still remember my first step on that sand. That sand is like a like a brick red sand and everything. And I just yep. remember having the ball in my hand and stepping down with the backpack on my back. Said, "Let's go, man. Let's go do this." And Larry's behind me filming everything. And we got some good footage of me walking around. So that was good. <laughs> so did um did you do the rain dance or was that Clark that did the rain dance? Clark was doing the kudu dance. Oh, the kudu um, dance. That's what it was. Okay. Yep. I don't know if that ever made uh, YouTube or whatever. I know Larry's going to put it up at one point. What happened <laughs> that night was, uh, and I'm sure if you guys shared camp with Larry, I think uh, Eric and Doug did, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah don't let him bastards. make you a drink ever. Yeah, I'm sure you guys probably learned, don't let Larry McCoy make you a drink ever. <laughs> I, I watched him make the drink for Clark. It was like all this African... Uh, rum and all this other stuff. He just threw it together, and he put like a splash of coke on top or something like that. Oh yeah. Clark was Clark was pretty rough that night. So of course Larry, Larry had a camera. He went and grabbed a camera. Did Larry have a vest on in Africa the whole time? Uh, uh, yes. Larry sir. had a vest on most of the time in Africa. Yes. Uh, son, if you want to be the best, you got to beat the vest. To be the best. absolutely right. <laughs> to be the best, you got to beat the vest. Absolutely right. Larry Rick Flair McCoy. Yep. Yeah, you need to so, make Larry uh, his own logo, and it's just a vest with, like, nobody in it. And it just says Larry McCoy on the side of the vest. We actually talked about that yesterday, doing a, a Larry McCoy vest logo. Oh, my God. I need that, dude. I, I, Larry's been saying we're going to get the outdoor group vest for the last since last yeah. ATA, and it hasn't happened. Well, I, so. want, I want an elite vest is what I want. But I want Larry McCoy's number on the back. I want a Larry yeah. McCoy edition vest. Can you make that happen? I think we're kind of close to that. I think we're close to that, to be honest with you. Don't tell him, though. (laughs) I'm sure he's going to listen to this right when it releases just to check up on you. That could be. be Dude, I need to make that happen. And then, like, the the next vest is going to be, like, the Paul Biggs signature vest. It's going to be awesome. You're going going to all Paul Biggs, aren't you, Steve? I heard you're going to see Paul Biggs to go hunting, right? Yeah, a week from – actually, a week from – Poor Paul. Today. I'll be – well, it's like a week from – I guess I would say like a Friday, so... Next Friday. Yeah, so when the next podcast comes out, I'll be podcasting, and then I, I've been thinking about hitting the road, because I want to wake up at like 8 in the morning, uh, 4 in the morning, drive down. It's a roughly a nine-hour drive. all the details, just... <laughs> but like I'm thinking, I don't know. I don't know, man. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm excited I feel bad for Paul. He's going to have to hold your hand the whole time. Dude, I have to stay at his house. I feel bad for his family. His wife and kids? Oh, boy, the girl is going to be terrified. Yeah, he's in trouble. They're gonna be like, Daddy, what's the troll doing down there? He's he's making loud noises when he sleeps. <laughs> he smells like a deep fryer. He smells like baloney. Yeah. He, he smells like it cheese smells like and old baloney. He smells like mistakes. He smells like fried food and his oh. breathing is abnormal. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> All right, I got a I got a real serious question for you, Jeff. Do you? What do you got? Do you believe in aliens? Oh my god, oh. aliens! Yes, I do believe in aliens. Um, I think I texted you one time that uh, my dad and I saw a UFO. Uh, uh, somebody couldn't identify anyway. I'll, I'll just say that uh, we were up up in uh, northern <laughs> Quebec, 
basically where the road ends, then you take a float plane, you go on another 50 miles, another two hours or so. On a float plane, you go in and camp. It's basically this remote moose camp. So this is a true story. You're not like you're not yanking our chain no, here or nothing. Not yanking our chain whatsoever. My dad will say, tell you the same story actually. So we were up there and we we're fishing at one end of the lake one night, and we started coming back. I said, and I looked up in the sky. There's this light up there, and it's a little bit brighter than everything else, and it's kind of weird. So um, I said, do me a favor and stop for a second and go back the other way. So then he start. We turned around. We started to go back the other way where we came from, and it kind of moved with us. And then I said, okay, now go back the other way. So as we went back the other way, and it went with us again. And it was just it was just this one weird light in the sky, and everything else behind it was stationary still. So it was something that was moving out there. It wasn't a satellite, so it wasn't going one direction. It was kind of moving with us. I said, okay, go back to the other way one more time. Sure enough, it moved with us again. So something was moving with us up. I don't know what it was, something intelligent or something. Uh, but Interesting. Then, and then we watched it for a little while and kind of faded away a little bit. Then it kind of zoomed out of sight straight up and it was just gone. Damn. Wow. Like, like something a human could not stand the force of happening. You know, it, it couldn't withstand the G force of going up like it, the way it did. I mean, it literally was, it kind of moved off to the right and then back up straight to the left up out of the air and it was gone. Okay. That's so, so, wait, you what? were in Canada though? What? Yeah, we're in uh, northern Quebec. So if you would have got abducted, there's a good chance that GSP was on that uh, alien spaceship. Okay, that's a deep time. reference that no one's going to get. <laughs> you get it, yeah, though, I right? Get it. I okay. get it, yes. Some people what are What were you get thinking that? when you saw this? Like, what's uh, – I mean, because there's a lot of people listening going, bullshit. And there's a lot of people mm. going like, yeah, I've had the same thing happen. And then there's also a lot of people going, I want to know more. So there are well, three categories I to, there. I tried to explain it away myself thinking, okay, what the hell was that thing we saw? I truly can't identify it. I don't know what it was. It could have been some kind of uh, special military jet or who knows what. But the fact that it kind of moved with us the way that we did, and it was closer than the stars and everything, it was like in our atmosphere, and just the way it moved, I, I don't have an explanation for it. I don't know what it is. I don't know. That's where you awesome. So it was an unidentified flying object. That's wild. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. But uh, yeah, we were freaked <laughs> out because we were so remote. You know, we were yeah. so far away. We were full, yeah. you know, 50 I mean, miles we were away from the Earth. <laughs> So yeah, and, we didn't know what to do. Here's, here's we, gonna, we couldn't do anything. Just get abducted. Just here, here, here's a funny thing. So, um, we we said earlier. I mean, we we talk to Jeff a lot. Like me and Jeff, we talk a lot. Like most every day, mostly about music and stuff, but like alien documentaries. <laughs> so ancient aliens, yep. ancient aliens, dude. We talk about ancient aliens. Like God. I'm like, hey man, check out this band. Also, watch this documentary. Dude, the crazy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> this is and this is serious stuff. But like the craziest thing about like these super remote areas. So, uh, my like over the past like couple months, like my dream, just like talking to you and and talking to Kurt about like where he went. I'm like, dude, I would love to go to like a super remote area and uh, like our buddy Scott Bakken, like just go out there, middle of nowhere, Alaska, middle of nowhere, and just like, dude, how crazy would that shit be? Like you kill a moose. And then you get abducted by aliens that same night, <laughs> and then you get dropped yeah. right back there, dude. What Here's kind of an thing. experience would that be? I love closing episodes out with like we've talked about this sort of stuff before, <laughs> and I think it's really interesting. <laughs> I do, I do, one hundred percent believe in aliens. I, I did too. Yeah. Fact. Do I think that people get abducted often? Absolutely not. <laughs> do I think it has happened? Ah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Probably not. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> thrown out there. But I think aliens, yes, 100%, in my opinion, exist. And that's why I think that story is so damn interesting. But, Jeff, what it really boils down to, 
Do you believe in Bigfoot, my kind oh, sir? God. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, I've been a long-time Bigfoot believer. Ever since I was a little kid, there was this uh, movie called Legend of Boggy Creek, and that was back in the 70s. And my dad had a VHS, VHS tape of that. You guys probably don't know what that is anymore, but a VHS tape. <laughs> and, we're, not uh, we're not that old. Yeah, yeah we, still, we still remember the VHS rewinder. All right, there you go. You guys know that. Yeah. But he had that tape, and I remember watching it over and over again, just thinking, man, and I lived, I grew up in an area that was kind of wooded. It was, there was a kind of a swampy area, and there was a, a big pond, of course. And I thought, okay, if there's one out there, there's one in my backyard, too. There's got to be. So then uh, my, a good friend of mine, would go, we'd go out in tent camp uh, behind the house and all that, and we'd screw with my Bigfoot prints and all that other stuff. So I was hooked from an early age. I always kind of believed in it. Um, as I grew older, you know, I, I kind of kept up with it and kind of the, the sightings, quote unquote, and uh, all the different phenomena that kind of go on. But I, I think what I like about it the best is just the idea that there's something wild out there that we don't know about. I mean, there's so much land that we haven't really explored, and there's not, there's so much land that an animal like this could hide in, or population mass could hide like that in an area like that, you know, so big and wide open and unexplored and so rugged. Um, I think it's definitely possible. And there were animals alive like that tens of thousands of years ago that could have come over the land bridge from China and, and um, yeah. And that's a fact. That, you know, Dude, that's a real thing. So, I mean, there was animals that were like that. It's probably not like gigantopithecus or anything exactly like that, but something somewhat along those same lines. Right, I think right. it's possible. I agree. I possible. And there's guys out there who are, it's, it's kind of annoying to me that there's some people that are like, Nope, no way. Not even possible. Nope, I'm like, nope, I'm like, not happening, but I get the point of view. And I, I've, the reason why I love this conversation is because we, all of us and all the people listening spend a ton of time in the woods and it's crossed your mind at one time or another. And you've also had the heebie jeebie feeling walking in in the dark to your stand. Everybody's oh, had it. Nope. That's why you're going in daylight. Yeah. That's why you go in in daylight and leave in daylight. Or you're yeah, lazy after, and have never had that feeling. Afternoon <laughs> hunt, leave before it gets dark. What's up? But it's, it's, right. it's always an interesting conversation. Like, uh, Les Stroud, Survivor Man, has had Bigfoot encounters. It's really Wait, was interesting. That the, was that the, who was that dude that we watched that video where we were like, dude, and he's like Hold on, filming I'm trying these. To get through something here. I, I'm, I'm trying to bring up a video that you showed me. Anyway, our good friend Jordan Hubinski. Oh, He's been yeah. on the podcast. He had a Bigfoot encounter where he saw a Bigfoot, he, he thinks. Damn. And he, he worked at a bow shop, and he had someone come in five days later oh, yeah. with the story of the sighting, and he was like asking questions about where it was. And he said yeah. it was in the same area, and he's like, well, "Holy shit!" Like he was on a field trip, and there was like kids there. He was like a, a scoutman, and he's like, "There was like twenty kids, and they saw something." We're probably losing listeners talking about this, but that's okay because <laughs> it's all fun. <laughs> I think personally, I used to be so just balls deep in like the whole Bigfoot story and this the idea. Yeah. I love the idea of it uh, so yeah. much. I think it's so awesome to think about. I do also think, like I've been in the backcountry in Colorado and really not that far compared to what I could have gone. And yep. all I'm saying is, if I wanted to hide, I could. I could from when I went on my elk hunt in early September, I could still yep. be hiding. If I didn't want to be found, no one would ever find me. You know, dude. Oh, here, for sure. And so that makes me think if there was something that wanted to be intelligent. Think about this: there's 200 inch deer that slip under the radar. In suburbia, yeah, show up yeah. all the time. Dude, yep. here's a, it, so that's a point to think about. Like, 
Okay, if uh, if things are so easy to find, why haven't you killed that hundred inch deer you got a trail cam picture of at night? <laughs> you know it's what right. I mean, dude. It's, here's it's here, something to think about. Here's here's why here's why Bigfoot does not exist. And I've got okay. Hold on, I've you got, don't believe in Bigfoot in America? No, Bigfoot North America? No, no. Oh, no. I'm saying, does do you believe in Bigfoot? Yes or no? Is there a giant? Uh, I'm asking you, do a, you believe in Bigfoot? Yes or no? Just, it's simple. Yes you know or no? What? You know what? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say no, and here's why. Okay. You're an idiot. Here's why. It. Here's why. <laughs> I don't believe it. Let's like... look at, so let's look at the gorilla, right? The gorilla is a... But the, a no, Bigfoot and gorilla are not the same animal. They're not the same animal, but they're, but they're similar. Okay? So, yeah, but so are we're similar to But look Bigfoot. at the... They're endangered, and we know they're endangered. Like, we know of them. Dude, there are... And, and, and here's what pisses me off. All right, people are like, "Good going, rom- Jeff. You got Steve all Here, fired no, up." No, no, no. People want to romanticize. <laughs> that was my goal in this whole podcast: get Steve fired up. Dude, my whole goal. People want to romanticize about Bigfoot, and Bigfoot is lame as shit when it comes to other. So I'm a big fan of cryptozoology. What? Right. Awesome. Yep. Cryptozoology. I if if I could go back and start my life over, um, I would not do this <laughs> podcast. I would be a cryptozoologist. So then I would be. Balding and then living in my parents' basement rather than be on this podcast and living in my parents' basement. Because <laughs> he got it. He, he just got it. That's how cryptic is. But there are so many other cool animals that, dude, I've, I've literally spent most of my time watching documentaries about, like, mythical creatures. Like, dude, the New Jersey Devil is way cooler than the, the Bigfoot. Dude, who gives a shit about a giant nah, monkey? Nah, you're not selling me. Cameron, Dude, okay. I'm moving no, no, on no, from no, you. No, 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 Because I'm going on. Because this giant monkey, all he does, what's he do? He's oh, muted. God. See what I did? I have the power to do this. He doesn't do shit. Cameron. Does he, take, does he abduct people? Steve, settle down. Calm down, Steve. <laughs> Cameron, do you believe in Bigfoot, yes or no? No. Take a drink. Don't. You're simply. There's no way. Have a keystone. Okay. All right. So here's, here's the problem. <laughs> here's the problem with this argument. Okay is you can't argue something doesn't exist. Because how do you prove something doesn't exist? You can't. Right? Ooh, That's a good point. A damn, good point. shots fired to atheists, too. <laughs> Easy. We're talking God about Bigfoot. Wow. <laughs> talking- <laughs> yeah, don't go down that road. We're talking about Bigfoot. No. Oh, my bad. You got to think all the eyes, all the trail cams out in the woods, somebody has had to have like good a got a good picture a Bigfoot, not a fuzzy man running through the woods and an what ape they, costume. A fuzzy what, man. What if they do have a picture and the government covered it up. Oh, yeah, why? all right, dude. Do you think <laughs> okay, Doug, okay. No, no. Let's go. Let's go down that road. Why? <laughs> because they don't know things are out there. Doug, do you believe in Bigfoot? Yes or no? Yeah, obviously. Wow, does. Doug's a hard yes. So there you have it, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> it why do you? Divided. Why? Why do you believe in Bigfoot? <laughs> Welcome to America. It's so much remote. Like, like Jeff no, had to fly out there remote, to fish. Dude. And this left out there when he saw a UFO. Like, you got to think about it though. When not all the way back there. Here's my the thing. Time. Here's my if thing. If there's bi- one Bigfoot, there's multiple Bigfoots. Because if there's only one Bigfoot, it it would go yeah. extinct. Okay. okay here's so my what thing. What was that video? Talk about that. Yeah. There was that video that you shared, and there was like four or five of them, and they're like sleeping. You're like, this sleeping? is real. And they tried to like walk up on them, but all these other Bigfoots start throwing rocks. I'm like, son, the if they're throwing rocks at these dudes and they're making no, like, like somebody's gonna pull up Snapchat. It was like, oh, dude, these giant Bigfoots okay, are right, throwing rocks at me. <laughs> Tell me that video, dude. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I. So I'm trying to focus on the episode here because you're taking us all over. God. 
You brought up Bigfoot, dude. Why does this? See, why does this always happen? I should Jeff, say, we got him all fired no, up. No, Bigfoot doesn't exist. Don't play this. So there, <laughs> Jeff. We uh, done. So it sounds like me, Jeff, and Doug are a team Bigfoot. Yep. But the problem is, you can't argue that it doesn't exist. I'm going to ask the listeners out there: Are you team Bigfoot with the cool kids, or are you team Tank and Steve? <laughs> are you team party poopers? Dude, yeah. Hold on, hold on! Don't lump me in with Steve because well, I'm using no, logic. Hold on, you guys I, Jeff. I have a shirt idea, and if you can make this happen for Elite, you need to have Bigfoot holding a ritual, and, and it needs to say, "So you're, you're saying there's a chance." <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you yeah. have no idea how many, how many times I've tried to make a Bigfoot t-shirt. You have no idea. I would buy it, Jeff. <laughs> Jeff, I would buy it. Jeff, give me some... Um, hey, give, would give me Bigfoot some more... be left-handed? I'm just asking. What's that? Do you think Bigfoot's left-handed or right-handed? Um, He's I'm big... not sure where you're going Bull. with that question, but... <laughs> just curious. Just curious. So if you think, a mythical, if you think a mythical creature is uh, a thing, do you think he's right or left-handed? I don't think it matters if he... It's whether he exists or not. Huh, so you say it's he, so you don't yeah, think he, there's a she. Okay. He or she. Uh, that's where I'm at. That's where I'm you're at. assuming gender. He thinks there's just one. That's why, <laughs> dude, there's only one Bigfoot. That's why there's only rare sightings. Okay. Oh, this whole son of a bitch. There's Nothing only one he lives more, forever. more than hearing you yell into our microphone about Bigfoot. And no one stop under- bringing Bigfoot up, then. Man, that's here's, crazy. Here's, Go ahead, Jeff. There's two closing points for Steve. Uh, bring up the mountain gorilla. I mean, we only found them in 1902, I think it was. 1902. I think that's when we first discovered them. Uh, Western society, anyway. I think it was a German guy. Uh, but that, think about all the time before that, that they were always there, but we just never knew about those them there. But we finally found them in the Congo, and I think it was 1902. And before that, they were completely unknown. They, you know, there were never any... There was always legends about these big apes up in the hills and all that from the locals. But... Nobody ever saw them before. A Western had never seen them before. So equate that to what's happening here in the Pacific Northwest, especially the Native Americans. They have generations of tales and, and stories of Bigfoot and uh, different paintings and different murals they painted in the past and different you know totem poles and everything where Bigfoot is uh, a deity to them in, in some ways, um, seen as a mythical a mythical, a mythical, and kind of mystical and kind of a godlike creature of the woods, like a man of the woods that I think is one of the – Kind yeah. of what, what they talk about it as, but that's been talked, that's been passed on from generations. And uh, now, granted, it's, it's a little bit different area as far as millions of square miles of pristine Atlantic, you know, coast that nobody's really explored versus the Congo, which is the Congo Basin and certain hills, which you can kind of get to more easily. But you think about the size and the the relationships and the natives who have had years of stories about these animals that they're always there, but they've really been undiscovered by our society. So it's something to think about. about. Holy shit. You that, know right? what? Damn, dude. Here's uh, the thing is, too. Think about this. Saying, just, You're annoying me. Think about this. So, see, I have the power to turn your mic off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, I'm not saying if there is Bigfoot, I don't think that there's 2,000 Bigfoot. Yeah. I'm saying that there's a low, low quantity. And I don't think, I know, Steve, you haven't been in a vast wilderness. Um, because <laughs> I, I got just lost in a Wisconsin State Park once. I know that's terrible. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I told that story on the podcast. What I'm saying is, there is the wilderness is so vast. When you get in, like in the areas Jeff was talking about, you get up, uh, the, you know, northwest of it, where we're at in the Midwest. Here, there's so yeah. much ground. It's possible for something to hide out. Now, I'm not saying that there's Bigfoot in Colorado. What I'm saying in like the Yukon territory, there could be fifty of them, 
and we would never know. How many males to how many females? I don't know. Uh, That's not the point. <laughs> you know the ratio. Yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking and I'm is, not is saying that tw- they are 100% exist, but I'm saying there's a chance it could happen. So I'll give a you chance. this. I'll give right. you this. I believe that there was something like the Bigfoot that existed for sure. Because, I mean, it had to start somewhere. But yep. right now... I'd have a real hard time believing so, in the lower forty-eight. I don't think. One. Yeah, somebody would have killed one with more reputable uh, teeth what? and more reputable. Because you remember the last guy that said he killed one? He had six fingers on each hand. <laughs> yeah. I got Dude. nine or eight toes. He's like, <laughs> he had beautiful hair. <laughs> they always have NASCAR. Fan Jeff, I'm sorry we did this to your episode. It's it like cinnamon no phase yeah, bigfoot. Jeff, I apologize. We did the bigfoot talking yeah, in your why, episode. Why not? It's okay. I, I suggested it, so it's okay. I'm, you know, I'm good with it. You know what, though, dude? Uh, as far as like, if a bigfoot is around. I hope it is because I want to hunt one and eat one. No, God. Like, no. You don't have the ambition, <laughs> like, man. Dude, I want to eat a Bigfoot. Like, I want to be the you gotta first person. you got to kill a two-and-a-half-year-old bucket first. He'd be hunting you. Dude, I want to yeah. be the first person to <laughs> eat. that fat bastard. <laughs> he looks <laughs> good. Dude. I want to be the first person to eat Bigfoot backstraps. Bigfoot backstraps. There you go. And when Larry was on, I asked Larry if he would eat silverback gorilla backstraps with Sweet Baby Ray's or Cookie's barbecue sauce, but I want Jim Ross uh, barbecue sauce on some uh, Bigfoot backstraps. I'm thinking about how so, to get this episode back for you, Jeff. I'm sorry. Yeah, how do we do this? That's okay. It's okay. How does this happen? <laughs> Jeff, thank you for... Uh, you. Jeff did put in his notes that we could bring up aliens and Bigfoot we wanted, <laughs> and I, I'll take advantage of those types of questions anytime I can, so I appreciate that. It, they're fun, right? Definitely. Yep. It's a, whether you agree or disagree, it's all in good fun. Oh, it's and uh, there's some people like, nope, this is stupid. I'm shutting it off. Like, no, oh, relax. No, I'm going to go turn on a hunting podcast where we talk about lifting weights. <laughs> Have fun, <laughs> Jeff. Anything that you want to cover, man? Quick, or I mean, I, I figured we just we close it out with some fun conversation that got a little wild. So yeah, definitely. No, I'm. Uh... I'm really happy with you guys with the bows this season. You guys have done, killed a lot of animals, and it's been it's been really good to see. I'm really uh, I'm really happy with that. I, you know, like I said, to see uh, something I create with you guys together. Um, you know, get out there in the woods with it and put some red on it. I love it. It's awesome to see your photos. Sometimes I, at first I think, man, that's awesome. And I think, what a bunch of dicks. Hey, but Africa, man, you you use your luck up there. Well, it's been a little I while. I used my luck. Yeah, I think I really did. I think that's where it was all went. So uh, it's been rough hunting here the last couple uh, last couple seasons, but uh, I've had some good experiences, some good things. Uh, my biggest thing this year is I saw a big seven point chasing a doe, and uh, literally the first five minutes I sat down, ran right past me about thirty yards, and never had a shot. That was the only big buck encounter or big doe that that I saw this year. That was it. Man, some yeah. years just go that way, though. You know, it's yep. they just don't work out. Yeah, definitely. It was rough. It's been rough. I've seen a lot of young ones. I've actually called in a lot of uh, young gear this year. A lot of does come in four, five, six at a time, and uh, that's the fun with those. But, you know, they're all a year and a half old and not quite big enough. Well, the thing is, there still is a lot of season left. I think in Illinois, once the gun season's passed and it gets into that early, getting into mid-December, I think a lot of people are kind of getting ready to hang the towel up. And I'm like, well, hold on, though. It doesn't have to be over yet. You know, you still yeah. have a month mm-hmm. and a half of hunting. What if you just showed up at Paul's house when I showed up there? I'm like, hey, this is my buddy Jeff. Do you know him? <laughs> I've been waiting for an invite. I've been waiting for, for Paul forever. 
Oh, Jeff, we didn't get an invite. He snaked right through us and was like, hey, Steve, I feel bad for you. Uh, do you want to come <laughs> hunt with me? This is not a pity then. It's not because he wants to hunt with you. It's a pity. It's yeah, a sympathy it, it, thing. Yeah, it is. That's it's almost it is. like, you know, when you like the, you see the commercials are like, for 25 cents a day. <laughs> it's one of those. For one three and a half year old buck, you can make Steve. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For, I'll, uh, I'll have some big deer at that his house, though. He has some big deer around where he lives. So oh, be, my God. Yeah, he does. He's going to push you down some big deer for sure. He's had a great year, too. I mean, he's killed some big deer, and uh, he knows where to find them, so he'll be in good shape, I'm sure. Yeah, he was sending me pictures early season. I'm like, holy shit. And one of the one of the deer that he was he had pictures of, uh, I believe his brother killed. And I was like, damn, that's a cool deer. I was like, damn, I want to shoot that deer. But, um, oh, yeah. Dude, yeah, Paul. It's <laughs> the worst story. He's getting, <laughs> he's getting picky over here. Brother uh, shot a deer. He's like, damn, that's a cool deer. I'm like, oh, wow. man, I'd shoot that deer. No, because That it, was your story. It, oh, it looked wild. Oh, wow. Yeah, Paul. Paul's going to be gracious enough to let me uh, oh, wow. essentially live with him for like five days. Little as he know, uh, when I pull up with the U-Haul truck and all my shit <laughs> that I'm moving in, uh, I don't he know if he. Yeah, hopefully he cleared it with his wife. Like, hey, Steve's uh, coming over. Don't know He's how uh, come over for a month or so. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Jeff, we appreciate the heck out of you, man. The bows turned out amazing. Um, literally, everyone I show them to, or they're freaking out. Yeah. Can't thank you um, enough awesome. for those. I've had someone awesome. heckle me often about where they can buy one, um, which I kind of fun. Cameron's in here raising his hand. Uh, yeah, he, he yep. <laughs> we, yeah. We've uh, we've talked about. It. I want to talk about that with you guys at some point too. You know, because I wanted to be special for you guys that particular bow. Um, so that's why we haven't done that yet and offered that. Not that we don't want to. It's a matter of I want to make it special for you guys. And you guys are part of, of our family, and uh, so it's hard to like kind of think about money, making money off of it necessarily for me, but. It's something we could do someday, but I want to. I want to kind of fill that out yet. I want to let you guys enjoy your bows. Of course, have your time with it. And if there's a demand for it, we can probably make it happen too. But you know, it's important for me that it's kind of an individual for you guys only at this point. It's very That's cool. Awesome. It's cool yeah. knowing that there's only seven of them in existence. Yeah, yeah. I think seven. There's six complete ones. I don't know if you're the one at your in your. I little... still have one for photos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is, is it complete a, or yeah, is, is it just working? a riser? It's a full bow, but uh, Katie Darcy stole my green string for to make her Hulk bow. So uh, <laughs> it's got a it's got a gray string now on it, but uh, still there. The riser's still there. I think Katie's on the on the to do list for a podcast episode coming up. Maybe we'll uh, we'll grab her at ATA and we'll let Steve get all weird with her and have her on a podcast. <laughs> oh, <God>. She'll just, <laughs> okay. she'll feel uncomfortable and then she'll never want to <laughs> be on the podcast. Have your, make it public debate there. Yeah, because maybe then, maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe, a, maybe a phone call is better. I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah ask her. Uh, ask her the first time. So the first time I met her, um, uh, my homie Tony, Tony Cut Castilla. I don't even know his last name. Yeah, he Tony. Yep. He knows what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I met him. Uh, Tony, Katie, and uh, Darren Christianberry was uh, at this uh, at this event, and uh, me and Mark Reif, Riffy were there. Mark Reif. So there's a funny story there. I hope we can talk about it. It's funny. What I'll do is <laughs> it's not bad. If we podcast just... at ATA, I'll get like a 35 foot mic cord for Steve, and he'll sit way <laughs> off in the distance. <laughs> perfect. That sounds perfect. So, well, yeah. Do we do we cover most everything, man? I, I feel good about it. Sorry about the Bigfoot thing. Steve got uh, aggressive and hated on us, but I know we're Team Bigfoot for life. So that's get cool. out of here with that, dude. Tank, me and you, brother. I want I, hate I want this. Steve to get fired up. That's my goal. Like I said, that's my only goal on the podcast to get Steve fired up. That's what I wanted. You accomplished it. Well, we'll, we'll close it out. We'll uh, we're gonna do a round of something positive before we end the episode. And do you want to start with something positive or end with something positive, Jeff? We'll let you go. 
Uh, I'll start it off. I uh, like I said before numerous times. I mean, I, I'm just so happy that you guys are enjoying your bows and doing well with them, and uh, hopefully bring you good luck from for many years. I mean, that's that's what I want. I mean, like I Thank said, you. you guys are definitely family for us, and uh, we appreciate you guys tremendously. And uh, it's just really cool to see the bows in your hands and doing good things with it. Thank you, man. We really appreciate yep. that. Doug? Definitely. Uh, something positive. Uh, thankful for my bow that Jeff designed. Been doing work with it, and uh, late muzzleloader is going to start here pretty soon for me in Iowa. So, and I got my awesome. big one still alive. Is that uh, Chief Keith? Chief Keith Keef's still out there. Wow. Dude, what name one Chief Keith song? Sosa. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, yeah. All right, Cameron. Uh, it's been a good season for me. Everybody here. I've been seeing a lot of big deer hit the uh, hit the dirt, and it's not over. Steve actually has a really good chance, which I'm gonna grip my teeth and say, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just shut "No, that one no, off, huh? no. <laughs> no." It's been awesome, Steve. Dare I ask? You know what? Uh, this uh, man, I've been going really serious lately. Do people think I'm soft? I'm soft, but uh, <laughs> honestly, you uh, are soft. Honestly, Jeff, the first time you messaged me, um, you know, I, I was like, oh, okay, you know, cool. But <laughs> Steve's got to take any mic time he can to just like <laughs> just say, <laughs> listen, this it just listen. Uh, it did, um, you know, from. That story that we told to where we're at now, you know, it kind of blossomed into, and I consider you a, a really good friend. We talk all the time. So, you know, yep. just kind of something that I've been doing a little bit with uh, with my buddies. I, I've grown friends, and uh, I consider you a friend. So that, like, it's the shit to me. We talk basically every other day, and yep. uh, I, I appreciate the hell of it, man. You've uh, you basically been there for me for some really low points, and uh of course, I, I just I, I like to bounce a lot of a lot of dumb shit off you. So uh, <laughs> it, it's awesome, man. You know, it's uh it's been fun being able to play Xbox with you to uh, share a lot of music with you, and it's the shit, man. Uh, that's a, that's what's positive. So I'm sorry, guys, that you guys hate when Steve gets serious and positive, but uh, I'm 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 happy to call you a friend, Jeff, and I uh, can't wait to finally get Call of Duty. And Doug has it too, so. Yeah. Awesome. I'll do Looking some on work that. with you. Sounds Watch like I need to get uh, Call of Duty, huh? Oh, my God. Get you it, need to get, get Call of Duty, sure. dude. Uh, I don't want to I don't have to be a guy that never plays video games and come in and start beating Steve. You know what I mean? <laughs> dude, you would get wrecked, son. Jeff, see me pull, put okay. some work in in Halo. You let me know what Call of Duty we're playing. I'll grab it. Give me give me a month, and I will be better than you. No. All right. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm like, yeah, there's, there's like certain bet. things that, like, all right, dude. I guarantee I'm better than you at anything. Damn. Oh, <laughs> Jeff, and, 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 all right, now, now Jeff, Jeff, you see me, uh, you see me run some new Halo, Next. right? Next. I, I definitely have. Good. Steve has some game. I have to miss. Steve has some game. Halo. <laughs> oh, these kids are stop. Cream, boys. He's got some game. He does have some game. The thing is, I'm, I'm not, I'm surprised by that a little, but I'm not because Steve is good at like just sitting in one spot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, what the, I'm sitting in front of a screen. How am I going to be bad at that? Okay, let me let me give my something positive. <laughs> Hard it. work. My something positive is that we're all gonna punch Steve's legs after this episode to knock the stutter out of him. Because if I if I could tally all the stutters you had on this episode, I bet uh, you it's over five hundred. I'm gonna punch your legs so you can't walk anymore. Is literally what you said earlier. That shit is hilarious. I hope that never goes away. I hope that's a recurring thing. It was gonna happen. You punch some dude in his legs so he can't walk. Like what? He spasming or he just broke his legs? It's a, I got it's from Chappelle Show. 
<laughs> yeah, when, 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 yeah, when it's Charlie, it's a Rick Time. James. Yeah, <laughs> we just started beating on his legs. <laughs> we, we, we started wailing um, on his legs. And my my real positive talk is Steve. I hope you go kill a big buck, man. I really do. Yep. We give you shit yeah. about it, but I really do hope you 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 close the deal. And it's clean and on film, and you just look as awesome as you could look on video. I really yep. do It'll hope be- that. I don't Maybe believe you're being. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, another positive thing: there could be a Bigfoot out there, and I'm thankful for our working class bow hunter edition bows. And I'm thankful for you, Jeff. So thanks for coming on the show, man. We really, really, really appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate all you guys for sure. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Workingclassbowhunter.com. They're still hanging bang t-shirts and tripping to a 150 t-shirts in stock while we ordered extras during the pre-order. So hop on there. Also check out our latest episode on Carbon TV. That's just uh, me, Steve, and Eric. A little bit about us. And we talk about uh, some memories and just the good times. Uh, hunting camp. And respect the game TV. Uh, you got to go find the episode that he's talking about. Uh, Jeff, it was season seven. I believe eight. so, yeah. yeah season six, seven. Or, six or seven, I think. I don't remember exactly, but it's out there. Go out there and find it. Look up uh, Africa, and you'll be able to see Jeff, Clark, and all the guys. Uh, it's it's a fantastic episode. Worth the watch. Mm-hmm. All right. There you have it. You know what to do, everyone. Go shoot your bow. We love you. I'm Will Cooper, host of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast. For even more content, be sure to watch the original films from HuntStand Presents on the Waypoint TV channel every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Visit waypointtv.com to learn more.